guys, welcome back to the Well Said Podcast, where we are talking about following Jesus in a post-Christian culture, and what an interesting post-Christian cultural moment it is that we find ourselves, even though in the last um, year, two years that we've been doing this podcast, it's been a lot of interesting, wacky stuff happening. Nothing measures up to this. <laughs> the coronavirus apocalypse. Yeah. We, we are reporting to you live from the almost front lines of the United States of America apocalypse. <laughs> Technically, we're on the front it's lines funny, but yeah. because we're in Washington state. Right. And we have more than anyone else. In how the is US. it how is it that we got the most? Is it flights from is it flights from China that land in Seattle more or what? I think we're just on the border. Um but New York also has a lot. It's it's just the bordering states it seems like. Okay, that's not including Oregon and California and all the other uh, bordering states. I wonder if they can like test it or do studies later to determine why we got more. In any case, uh, the front lines don't quite yet feel like the front lines around here. I don't know, like we're up in Pacific Northwest in the top corner of Washington in the Whatcom County area or Bellingham is the only thing you'll see on the map. Our city technically is Blaine, and you won't see it on the map. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so today we want to talk about the coronavirus and all the stuff that's going on around it. Uh, We want to do our best to be as non-repetitive as possible about all the totally repetitive stuff we're seeing on social media about it and uh, try to bring some fresh thoughts and reflections. So um, we're going to be wiser and better than everyone. Who's talking about this? <laughs> We're gonna give you the inside scoop yeah, yeah. of what's really going on. <laughs> the truth behind the coronavirus. Yes. Stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, actually, so the, the the thing that I wanted to open with is, um, so I subscribe to like a pastor's newsletter. We are part of the Northwest Baptist Convention, and uh, we get like we got this letter from a missionary who is in China. He's an American guy. He's a he's a missionary in one of the big cities in China. He's not in the Wuhan province, um, but he's in a huge city that's like fifteen million. He doesn't say what city he's in, um, but it's very interesting. So he's writing this email in week six of quarantine. So we are technically kind of like week one. Yeah, and it seems like a lot of people are still kind of thinking if they are believing it or not or going along with it or not, if we need to really stay home, whatever. But it's still kind of catching up to us. He's writing in week six. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, prospectively us, when? When would that put us? Like beginning of May? Mm -hmm. If we're in quarantine until the beginning of May. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty interesting, the stuff that he's writing, you know, because basically when things broke out in China, uh, the other cities got like crazy locked down. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess the response was a little late, but in any, ha- in any event, they did lock down other cities and make everybody stay home Yeah, and totally empty streets. You, you're only allowed to go places with like a permit, one person at a time mm-hmm. from the home. So like a husband and wife can't both leave the house, only one at a time. And every time you go into any public building, you had to get your temperature checked like really intense China. And so the interesting thing is like he's writing this and he's just kind of uh, 
sounding this more like encouraging, hopeful note. Mm-hmm. And this email came last week when a lot of us were not even here yet. Not so even like thinking in, about it. Yeah. yeah, like a week later, we're like way different than it was last week. A lot of people kind of ignored the email last week. I looked at mm-hmm. it again this week and I was like, oh, dang, this is a lot of really interesting, like helpful, helpful things that he's including here. Um, a lot of it is really kind of similar to what we're hearing here, but it's just interesting and encouraging for him to hear say like, hey, look, it's kind of passing here mm-hmm. and things are starting to open back up and get back to normal. Mm-hmm. So this will pass. Pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, economic problems, blah, 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 you know, but China's rebooting itself and waking back up from this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um You know, what I don't see in this email is like food shortages and toilet paper shortages. No, nobody in China died of toilet paper shortage. (laughs) Uh, Nobody in China is starving to death as far as well from this email from his area. So, you know, because we're seeing like people running to the grocery store and hoarding things and. We were just there yesterday trying to get some bread and flour and chicken and there was none to be found. Chicken wings are the only things left in Costco. (laughs) I guess people don't like chicken wings around here, but um, your brother Michael's going to get on that. Get get those chicken wings. Better run before they're out too. Um, Well, Costco gets a new truck like multiple deliveries a day, so it's like they're they're constantly be stocking. But people are just panicking and running over and getting stuff. The interesting thing about the Costco trip yesterday, I I was in there and. They only let a certain amount of people in at a time because mm-hmm. they don't want overcrowd. I kept trying to put my finger on what it is that is kind of different and weird about it. The biggest thing I it just hit me as I'm walking through the fridges, it's just so quiet. Yeah. Like everybody is like, it's like, it's really funny. Like everyone's marching through there and like no one's talking like very quietly. It's just like Costco is just quiet. It was just a weird eerie feeling Hmm. so i tried to smile at as many people as i could and i was whistling a tune as i was (laughs) picking up my stuff um yeah and so like basically he's just sounding more of a positive note like as someone who's kind of going through it and gone through it and saying hey it's gonna be fine it's gonna pass Mm -hmm. um it's very real like you know lock down stay home wash your hands disinfect stuff uh rest uh, stay healthy, you mm-hmm. know, and it's gonna it's gonna pass. Don't go on hoarding rampages. Like it's mm-hmm. interesting that he said that, uh, you know, because he's not in America, but I guess a similar thing in China. But he's like, no, it's like, it's fine. It's interesting to see the Wuhan healthcare workers and doctors. They they were interviewed at first. They didn't let anyone in with like phones or. They don't let anyone in with anything, any devices, but then they let an interviewer in with like a GoPro and it had to be like disinfected a ton because they got separate phones that were only allowed to stay in the quarantine area that they could use in that area and then leave them there. But they, they all were obviously like wearing, um, the whole suit and everything. And they, they had like three pairs of gloves on and they were being interviewed and just, you know, six hours at a time with no bathroom breaks there. Um, one of the doctors after a long day of work is like taking off all his layers of protection and it's like got a rash and he's just like, when you're working, it's so intense. People are dying and you're 
you don't have time to feel itchy but once uh. you're done with all that you just take it off and you're like your skin gets to breathe and one of the doctors was a mom and she said i haven't seen my you know my kids my three-year-old daughter for two three weeks because she's quarantined from me because i'm taking care of the sick so dang you know a lot of a lot of people are real take, work real sacrifices yeah, real challenges they're away from their families they're away from their loved ones trying to help people trying to select who do who do they admit to the hospital because they're, they're overflowing yeah who do you treat who do you send home yeah i was i i watched that video uh from italy there's an interesting video that was done by a bunch of people got who like recorded a, a short message to themselves 10 days ago mm-hmm. so a bunch of italian people are telling themselves 10 days ago and basically the same message is like hey this is actually real it's gonna hit your country hard and stay home like stay stay sanitary stay healthy like don't play it off like that Mm -hmm. it's just this interesting like and also hey it's gonna it's gonna pass so like we will survive you know like it's it's an interesting kind of you know the thing about this is that it's so surreal it's like doesn't even feel real and especially with us like it honestly just doesn't feel real yet because in bellingham we have a few cases that are confirmed mm-hmm. 20 people pending um but we're just gonna see but the interesting thing is also the whole flattening the curve thing there's a really interesting article i posted on facebook where they have these visual these really cool visual animations that mm-hmm. help you see the massive decrease as you just all you do is decrease people moving around and how that totally decreases the spread of the infection so but it also makes us like just kind of reflect like i think what we we um, in in america you know um have a hard time taking it seriously not taking it seriously but like uh really grasping the fact that this is happening in the world the entire world the plant the planet feels so small all of a sudden yeah and actually grasping the seriousness because we have this just mindset of what we expect from everyday life. Yeah. Right. We haven't lived through any wars. We haven't really We haven't lived. seen people die in front of we us. We haven't seen it. And I think if we see history and just like 1918, the Spanish flu, how it took out, what, a third of the population within a few weeks? Was it a third? Um, it was like millions died. Not a third, but lots of... Yeah. Like millions of Americans died. 20 to 50 million? And they were young, strong soldiers who came home from and the that's, war. That's it killed World more than one. It killed more than the war. And that was real. And that was 100 years ago. So we we don't remember that. And maybe we don't even know the history of it. And so we're like, we don't have that consciousness of like, that's a real thing. And that could happen. And for some reason, we expect, we don't expect that. That that's a possibility that there is some sickness that could hit humanity and be spread yeah. and it could be deadly we're just like no that's with all of our modern technology and medicine and all the progressive just the modern age that's not something that we even have a category for and so i think that's why in america especially you know in our area where we, we're not seeing people dying and all that for us it's really hard to grasp that this is a this is something actually like this can serious. happen even yeah, yeah to us not just yeah. on the news and see catastrophes out there across the world but like here yeah and it doesn't mean we have to panic or or you know freak out i think people are either panicking or they're like not taking it seriously like is this a real thing or is it just 
right something that's not really that serious right right i think that's what um suffering so just the mentality on suffering that the bible constantly shows which is really it's a total paradox if you're honest um that you expect hard things you expect really hard stuff to happen and yet you learn to live your life in joy and song and courage and strength and that's the two things are all they're they're mutually exclusive almost like in your mind if you expect hard things you want to kind of brace yourself and be kind of negative or like at least the very least maybe we 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 expect to be peaceful but do we expect to have courage strength and um, joy as we expect in everyday life even outside of this whole thing hard things to happen you know yeah i really don't think we expect them because they don't really ever happen to us and if they do it's in very small measurable ways that are over very quickly or avoidable even if yeah. somebody is suffering in your life, it's easy to avoid them or forget with yeah. the technology and entertainment and options of life that we have today. Yeah, and I was I was listening to a podcast earlier, earlier this week and it was saying how, you know, the fact that we have running water, electricity, we have hospitals, we have medicine, the real thread of like, you know, getting sick and dying is so low in our minds and, or like, you know, we have a sewage system that's clean. We, we turn on the water and we don't expect the water to be contaminated. Right. We go to the store. We don't expect the freezer meats to be contaminated with some bad stuff that's going to make us sick. Like we, we don't expect that because we're so advanced in all the, and just in our age, right. we, we have so much information that we don't, we don't realize that this is actually a gift every day you you wake up and don't get sick from some sort of food illness or even you or, don't live with the daily fear of like illness and danger like yeah if you bombs read biographies on you or or the government yeah. just coming in and shooting you because something you might have said that was disagreeing with them like just the reality of our lives is so far removed from a lot of the world yeah well and even history itself you yeah know, like reading the biographies of believers like you're just like dang life was different you know i was reading a jonathan edwards biography last fall and um just there was this constant anxiety back then of just sickness just sickness yeah. would sweep through a town and just kill a bunch of people yep and it was just a constant like if it's either disease or it's uh conflict with native american people or a conflict with uh, French forces like there's different so you know there was different European people in in the colonies that so just like the daily reality or you look at people the, our history death people expected that was and they lived with it yeah and it's not like they it's not like they were perfect they weren't like oh it's all good you know we're gonna die no like it's a challenge it's a struggle but that's reality and so we in a modernized age we it's it's hard to embrace that fact but only after you embrace it you can live properly you know, even in our own lives, like when somebody in your life has a really hard thing going on or a difficulty that they're pro trying to process, it's so easy to just kind of compartmentalize or avoid mm -hmm. rather than go in on that and roll up our sleeves and um, pray for them, help them, get involved, hear them out, whatever, you know, like yeah difficulties and messiness of life that is so easy to avoid because we just have other people we can hang out with or 
other yeah. things we can be doing. Yeah, we're just not, we're not, it's not surrounding us. It's easy, to, like you said, it's easy to avoid. And people would have children um, and have no no assurance that they would live past age of one. Like our grand, our grandmother had like half of her siblings die before five years old. Yeah. You know, she just saw them die because that was the reality of sickness and, you know, lack of food. Medicine. Medicine. Soviet and that Union. was the reality. Mm-hmm. And we have children these days. We don't. It's almost like, what? I might have to get a C-section. What? Hard things. Or yeah. like, you know, those like slight um, discomforts that come with certain things. And we're so we're so entitled and spoiled, I think, in our country that we just like any discomfort or things that happen, we're all of a sudden like flustered and like, why would this happen? And why am I going to go through this? Yeah. And it's interesting because I was reading Job this morning and just seeing his situation and like, his body completely broken down, his family all gone, his everything he owns, just like the epitome of suffering. And he's sitting there and just describing his suffering and his pain. And he's just in complete anguish. And it's amazing to see God's response is not, it's interesting that it's not like, I will take care of you, Job. I love you. You are going to be fine. It's I'm sorry. More, it's more like, I am God. I sit on my throne. Look at who I am. Look at what I have done. And it's this interesting thing where the creator is putting the creation in its place. And all of a sudden, Job is like, like, he's like, you're right, God. Who am I? And there's no like entitlement or like, God, why would you allow me to suffer like this way? There's no question because you're a creation and he is a creator and he's king. Mm -hmm. And it's just so interesting to see that that response of God does what he does. Mm -hmm. And we are just mortal people who don't deserve anything. Yeah. And everything we have, every blessing, every comfort is a gift from above that we grow so used to and we expect it. And we and when when it's taken away or like what quarantined? What? We have our kids' school shut down and now they have to be home and I have to do their like homework with them or I can't go to whatever I want to do. I have to cancel my events like seriously and we get annoyed mm-hmm. it's like everything is a gift who do we think we are like in this world and well, it was just and- interesting to see that in job that parallel it wasn't a lot of like comforting words it was just like i am god on my throne who are you to speak you know well it's not that god shuts him up but no, he just shows god, him himself yeah god reveals himself to job in the midst of that and yeah. that is what fixes job's perspective yeah and that's what um we need in the middle of of our difficulties is to learn to get a clear grasp of who god is yeah he is present in all this yeah god is still in charge of every detail of every microbe and atom and every part of history mm-hmm. it's still happening yeah you know? and he's doing stuff um so and there's a comfort in being very conscious of his his sovereignty in our place below it like yeah. under it i think that that itself is a comfort that we forget about well and i think in the like how do people cultivate that today i think that that's like in the middle of the challenge for us in the middle of all this is not to be um not to get a sense of control and the sense of peace and assurance through, oh, what's going on? Oh, is there a vaccine? Oh, what's mm-hmm. the plan the government has? But like, 
whoa, this, this is an opportunity for me to deepen my grip on God's presence in my life. And I, I yeah. honestly think that one of the big things that we, that we can do is just use this season of life as an opportunity to deepen prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at like, it's crazy. Like, it's just crazy to look at the entire world. Like the whole planet is swept up in mm-hmm. this. You know, we yeah. have our modern modern communication and modern transportation and planes flying and we're just like amazing and economy booming right mm-hmm. in December and and then all of a sudden boom this whole this little invisible thing this yeah. ghost and all of a sudden everyone's like western, wait a minute west the western world down yep uh and that's crazy and sobering to realize and it's good for our souls i think to be here and just is, see yeah, it yeah and just to think is god still in charge Yep. How do I know? Does he still care? Yeah. How Mm -hmm. does he, how do I know he still cares? Well, you look at what he's done in history. Yeah. He's proven his presence through the story of Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's proof that God is present, Mm -hmm. that the deepest suffering of this world is, is at the heart of his uh, focus and concern and that he is working actively to undo all suffering and all sin in the work of Jesus and his kingdom. So mm-hmm. that's proof. But you, if you're going to sense that, you've got to realign yourself to it. Uh, you've got to come back to prayer and, and just knowing God and experiencing him in, da- in our daily lives. So I think it's interesting to see, like, this is real. Like, people are losing jobs and local businesses are like teetering Mm -hmm. um and we don't know where this is going to go you know so as christians i think that it's important to think like practically as a christian okay so what is my christianity today you know like so church is canceled or church is on live stream uh can't have groups groups maybe we'll do like zoom gatherings or whatever like we'll do something i don't know like live chats or something but Mm -hmm. the point being that physical church isn't happening for a few weeks Mm -hmm. so when that is taken away from your life what is your christianity what Mm -hmm. is is there anything left in your life that is embodying your faith that is embodied in your actions in your physical actions and the things that you do on a daily basis you know when when the church routine isn't there Mm -hmm. so i think that's that's another one that you know rather than jumping to oh here read this devotional and like like you know there's a lot of good advice on there on 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 instagram right now about what you can do with your time but i think a deeper question that i would ask myself and just like okay so you're not going to church or group um you're not going to any church events for the next few weeks Mm -hmm. what is your christian life then Mm -hmm. okay sure do i read my bible and pray every day okay but outside of that yeah um are your relationships are Mm -hmm. they like do you does your heart carry in it the people that the community that you're part of yeah or did you just forget them over two weeks and Mm -hmm. just boom they're gone Mm -hmm. just uh doing my netflix thing Mm -hmm. you know whatever like uh are we praying for people do we care are we concerned are we thinking of creative ways to love people around us yeah to serve people's needs in our church yeah i think it's it's so encouraging to look at history and when things hit like war or plagues or 
you know, really difficult things for people. Or even, you know, in, in China where um, Christians are being persecuted and Christianity is booming, when things are the hardest to see God's church grow in number. And that's been over and over again through history. When things hit really hard, people run to Jesus and the church grows. And how this is another opportunity when things are hard and people are scared or whatever, as Christians to be like, we are not afraid of death. We are not afraid of difficulty. We have the gospel and through that speak to the world around us with their actions, how we care, how we love our neighbors um, and what we can do, how we can be creative in our limited, you know, following the, the government rules, but taking care of one another. I think it's moments like this that really people around who are not believers see the true Mm-hmm. The true church, like you were saying, the the Ray Comfort on the streets, people are way more open now. All of a sudden, yeah, he's <laughs> to the hear the gospel guy on YouTube that talks to people about Jesus, and people are just they're anxious, so they're like really quick to like repent and like, hey, okay, how do I how do I do this Jesus thing? Because I'm scared and I don't yeah. want to die or whatever. Yeah. Like it's real. People around us are anxious, especially people who have no hope or no clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It's interesting. Like, I guess I'm looking at the social media feeds and it just crazy how we respond so instantly, like mm-hmm. response, response, response. Like I, I, I feel like I, the last few days I've kind of been on more of like trying to just stop and be like, what is going on? Like mm-hmm. how, what is this even real? And what is going on in my soul, in my heart? And what does God want from me in this? Mm-hmm. Like, how do I, what is he doing? Yeah. But you're not going to get, you're not going to get an answer to that question by constantly scrolling, retweeting, clicking, coming Getting up with the a latest night. information. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, get, stay informed. Look at the CDC guidelines, blah, blah, blah. That's important. Um, but I guess in a in a challenging moment like this, it's complicated. Let's not rush to like big like to do lists, but also like slow down and ask God, what are you doing in this world? Mm-hmm. And perhaps I don't understand it all, and I won't. But what do you want me to be doing? How does faithfulness look like? And I don't, we don't have all the answers to that today. Like the church needs to be creative. The church needs to look around, think outside the box. What are the needs around me? I don't really know. I got to ask around. I got to look. Mm-hmm. Uh, not rushing to the next big thing. We're just mm-hmm. so wired to be jumping to stuff, having a conclusion. We want to have a conclusion. What, what What's going on? We want to an answer. And maybe that's connected to the notion that we really find our comfort and our sense of well-being in the answers, the information that the digital age provides us rather than in the quiet and mysterious presence of God. Sometimes we don't have answers. Sometimes we just have God and we hope in him and we need to be still and wait. And just, I think it's an opportunity for your own heart to really grasp the, or be reminded again, like, what is our only hope in life and death 
that we are not our own but belong to him. And that's ultimately like when all things, all of our comforts might be shifted and the things we're so used to day to day that we don't even think about or maybe questioned. Um, you ask yourself that question and you still have hope no mm-hmm. matter what you we are the people of God and no matter what is going out on out in the world we have the most peace I think the world is watching our response as Christians so if we're, we're equally all panicking like everyone else um, that's going to speak to the kind of God we believe in but also if our response is a prideful I'm not going to subject myself to all these corrupt organizations Mm. like, you know, when people don't have trust in the CDC and whatever. And that, you know, you don't have to fully trust. No, no institution is is perfect. But yeah, diving into there's a deeper agenda here and all this and that. And it's like, okay, first of all, that should not be the, the dominating effect of Christians at all. Like, because we love god and love neighbor we let we leave the universe running part up to god like we'll let him we don't need to we'll discover let him worry all the secret about universe powers. secret powers because you know you can't verify any de- every detail yourself and it's it's just foolish to jump to that and to question the institutions that are working here to ensure public safety it's just interesting to see how this pastor in China writing, one of the first things he says is like, be careful not jumping to all these conspiracy theories and talking about what's hidden agenda and what the government is actually trying to do behind the scenes and that, that this is uh, not really what it appears. Um, and he just says, this is a foolish thing to assume. And just to zoom out and realize this is a global crisis. This is not a single government situation. Christians who are getting on the social media and rattling off about this or that conspiracy theory or being insensitive about the whole thing being overblown or fake, it's, it's absurd. And, and it's, it's insensitive. It's, it's incompassionate to our neighbors. And uh, our uh, brother Andre Gorbin down in Vancouver, Washington chimed in through Instagram. And he was just saying like that we need to speak on the wisdom of withholding opinions. We may be convinced of something, but that particular bit of information or fact or opinion or viewpoint doesn't serve anyone and doesn't help uh, people in the immediate circumstances. There's wisdom in not saying anything at times when you don't know anything. Sometimes it's good to be silent and pray and wait and see what happens. You know, you uncovering the latest conspiracy theory is not going to help anybody. It's not going to solve the world problems. Um, Andre was pointing out that he's got friends in Italy, and uh, for them, the, the whole thing is super serious and crazy, and they've got a huge battle in front of them. And, you know, when Christians are getting on social media and rattling off about how this whole thing isn't really what it seems and there's all these hidden agendas, we spend all of our energy talking about stuff that's actually causing harm and creating more hysteria uh, than helping anything. Well, and I think that it's ultimately not trusting God. Like you're taking it into your own hands to find the real truth find that, all that the we're all that we're all being misled and. And, like, we're not just going to sit here and accept everything the government says. We're going to go deep and, and search through all the all the statements they're making and all the numbers. Are, are they real? the real numbers? Is there really that many deaths? Is there really at, do you know anyone with coronavirus? <laughs> you know, and I think even if there is a deeper agenda and some evil plot being carried out, um, God is our king. He is in, on his throne. And... Well, and he made it clear that our job is not to figure out the secrets of the governments because governments have secrets. Our job is as Christians primarily to be 
a salt and light, to be kingdom people, to be a source of the message of the gospel. That's a complicated task in and of itself, a very complicated task. So I think and we, we need, need to, to busy fo- ourselves with yeah, that task. We need to focus on that rather than sharing all these like, you know, um, inconsistencies in what the government is saying and saying this doesn't add up, this doesn't make sense. Do you really think? I think that that spreads fear more than yeah. does any good. And yeah. paranoia and fear. Yeah, I think you don't have to be like, oh, the government is our savior because it's not. Obviously we never, not. we never said that from the beginning, and we we trust in God. And either way, whatever happens. I think we need to say that to the world rather yeah. than say, no, we have the real truth of the real agenda here. So we have it figured out. One pastor on Twitter said, he put in quotations this morning. He wrote, uh, I became a Christian during the coronavirus. And he's like, this is a line that I hope to see very much of in yeah. the coming years. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a cool, that's a cool outlook yeah you know yeah so like as you are going about your business adjusting your life whatever is going on think of your church think of the people in your life reach out to some people just check in how's it going show some love show some care the church still exists even though it doesn't gather physically and technology is an amazing gift that Mm -hmm. we have that Mm -hmm. we can start using um, more more effectively and also just look around at the world around you and just try to be uh, as much of a, a salt and light in this complex moment uh, to neighbors and friends around us that's just some initial thoughts on this quarantine week one thing I'm sure we'll have more stuff coming but thank you guys so much for listening uh, if you found it helpful send this episode to a friend leave us a review on iTunes those really help people uh, find the show better check out the well uh, well-said.org website that's the blog and there's more episodes there and stuff that you can check out and uh, we will talk to you again soon okay.